leaving a character on one stamina as the MCP special. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to the first episode of 2024 for House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only Sweet Tea and Coffee, or as I know her, Alyssa. What's happening, my friend? Hey, I love that we're on a first name basis, too. Yeah, I mean, well, we have met in real life, so like, I yes, think that that have. makes it okay, right? Yeah, I mean, we played, like, not only MCP together, but uh, the Secret Hitler or whatever. Like, That's right. Yeah, we're, we're real-life friends. We are real-life friends. I'm excited for you being on this podcast today, and I really appreciate you making the time for me and everything, even though you chose the Gamers Guild before HPP, which, you know, I feel some kind of way about that. So here's the thing. Um, I'm going to say that's your fault because you didn't ask. Hmm. Touche. I'll throw you right out of the bus. <laughs> I mean, look, and then just back it up and, and roll it right over me again. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I was a part of your Discord, like, well before, though. Yeah, it, it is my fault. I, I, will, I will fully cop to that. And, you know, that's one of the things that in 2024, I want to rectify a little bit. Like, I know who I am and who this podcast is, who this podcast is. Like, it's an entity on its own. That, that's a whole other thing. But I also want to improve myself and improve House Party Protocol. I want to improve whatever kind of brand that this is, I guess. That seems weird to say it like that. Is that a fair thing to say? I don't know. I, yeah, you, I, you're a brand. Okay. All right. This, I, I'd agree with that. This feels weird. You know what I mean? Like, this feels weird. But anyways, I digress. 2024 is the year of HPP trying to to evolve a little bit. That's something that is a goal that I have for 2024. And I've seen a lot of YouTube videos out there recently of like, you know, ooh, goals for 2024. Well, welcome to the intro of this podcast that is goals of 2024. And one of the things that I want to do is increase my YouTube presence a little bit. I don't know what exactly that's going to entail, I would like to start streaming some video games a little more, that kind of stuff, you know, just fun things like that, but also doing more MCP content and just kind of being out there a little more, you know, life is life. And unfortunately, uh, I don't necessarily have the time commitment to do as much as I might have in my head that I want to do, but I still think that there are Fun things that can be done and a lot of fun collaborations and all that stuff that is going to be here for 2024. You know, getting some merch stuff squared away. We're, we're working with an artist right now trying to get that done. So I'm really excited about that. Trying to just in general make 2024 the best year yet. And Alyssa, this is 
wild to think about, but this is year five of MCP, and I've literally been doing this podcast since before the game came out, and it's a weird thing. And I, it's, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about that, but I also know that this is going to keep going, but I want to make it even better. You know what I mean? It's so weird that, yeah, it's weird that you said year five, because as soon as you said that, I was like, no, it's not. It's year four. So, like, we just celebrated four, so we're going into five, and that's absolutely wild to think about, because MCP came out, like, right before COVID hit, so it doesn't feel like that was also, like, five years ago. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, by the way, I'm also super excited for your merch plans, um, just in some of the chat stuff. Um, some of your ideas you've been like putting out. Definitely yeah. so excited for that. I'm actually looking at one of the pictures right now. So, yeah, which which one? Yeah. Which one you got? The um, is it the dice? It's a dice tray. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. yeah, that dice tray. Definitely looking pretty cool. Nice, thank you. And I appreciate the that. two can like slide together. I don't think anybody else has kind of thought about that. So that's already going to set you apart. Cool. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's one of those things that I was just kind of playing with it. And like I bought the design from another company and then I kind of like added my own little tweaks to it. And I was like, oh, well, this could be something cool. And my plan is to have a whole bunch of those printed out for Adepticon and then just give them to like the Mark V patrons at Adepticon and and then, you know, move on from there. You just made me a little mad. I, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not going to Adepticon. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, That's look, okay. there, you know, there's a, a male situation that can happen. I'll see you at, I'll see you at Nashcon. It's yeah, fine. Oh, yep. Also, also that. Man, I can't wait for that. Anyways, Alyssa, what do you have planned for 2024 uh, other than, I mean, obviously you're, you're making the rounds on all the podcasts, but uh, what else you got going on? Um. <laughs> making the rounds on all the podcasts uh that is quite <laughs> true um i don't really have many plans um i actually don't know if you know ben and i have a youtube channel um it's married couple protocol but we so we started it last year and we got a couple of bat reps in like a couple of painting tutorials and then summer hit and for what ben does um being a pastor like Everything got so busy within the life of the church that we just didn't have time, mm-hmm. but it does slow down around spring. So we have kind of already like sat down and made a game plan. Like we're going to record like three bat reps a week for like three weeks or so that we're not busy. And then I can edit them later on as it goes. So hopefully we have, you know, content for like at least one thing a month. I know that's not nearly enough, but we haven't put anything out since like before Nashcon. So that's kind of our goal for the year is to record, like mass record a bunch of stuff. And then hopefully I have time to edit and everything for the rest of the year. So nice, nice. Well, I'm excited for that. Um, And for those of you listening, there will be a link in the description to this podcast that will be to that YouTube channel so that y'all can go and check that out. And, you know, the last little thing I'm going to say about my content plans for 2024, when I mentioned YouTube and having more of a presence over there, you know, there's already a ton of different YouTube content for Marvel Crisis Protocol, and I would love to contribute to some of that, you know, tier lists, my personal thoughts, like, look, everybody loves a good tier list, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a fun thing to do, it's a fun exercise, and then just kind of super simple breakdowns, that kind of stuff, and uh, just 
trying to have a little fun, throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question with your yeah. YouTube then. So do you think you would do like stream on Twitch and then upload said video to YouTube or would you do like something on like YouTube live? So if I'm playing MCP, I will probably be streaming on Twitch and then uploading that to YouTube. However, I have been toying with the idea of kind of moving away from Twitch and just doing YouTube streaming and videos. Um, just the platform seems a little more interesting. Twitch is difficult to deal with at times. Um, so that's a whole behind the scenes thing that maybe I'll talk about another time. But I also like the idea of just scripted, quote unquote, scripted YouTube content, you know, and and whatnot, because I definitely think that there's plenty of, of stuff out there, right? There's there's Absolutely. Nate, there's Rich Mid, there's battle reports for days. You know, Leland Leland does his thing over there at the Aegis brand, and I love his very accessible approach to the battle reports and stuff like that. And I don't have the space nor the time for battle reports. Mm -hmm. So like I can't really do that, but I do think that there is something I can do. And maybe somebody wants to hear me talk on a YouTube format about MCP. And then when it comes to playing video games and stuff, you know, I, I will try to edit some videos and stuff like that and stream and whatnot and just kind of have fun, good vibes, that kind of stuff. We like it. Good, good. Well, Anyways, enough about the prefacing, I guess, for 2024, because we have some new characters to discuss. Now, Alyssa, we've had the spoilers for these characters for quite a while, and yep. it's one of those things where I always feel weird about like the timing of when to do things versus when to not, and we've got a AMG panel to play of the Warrior Falls King T'Challa just, yep. I think, yesterday? Yeah? Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Yeah, and we're recording this on a Tuesday, by the way. But uh, yeah. anyways, so we're going to break down King T'Challa and his pack mate, Killmonger uh, Usurper. So I'm excited for that. But before we dive into that discussion, Alyssa, I do have a question for you. I have an answer, maybe. I hope you do. So in the miniatures gaming space, I think a lot of people that have been listening to this podcast for a while will know how I feel about like inclusivity and, you know, making the gaming space, especially MCP, as accessible to as many people as possible. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things that's really important to me and how to make people feel welcome, how to, if it's somebody's first event, to to kind of really make that at a special time for people so that they keep coming back. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the questions I have for you in, when I look at the gaming landscape, it is a, for better or worse, male dominated landscape. And it's, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, good thing, whatever. No notes on that. It's just, it's an observation. And since you're a woman, I would really love your perspective on how integrating into the gaming space, especially the war gaming space, has been for you? 
So I um, I wasn't into mini gaming until I met Ben and we were married in like 2014. So it's been almost 10 years that I've been in kind of like the tabletop gaming world. Um, definitely felt the eyes of, you know, when you'd walk into a gaming store, you felt like all the male gaze on you, like, oh, there's a woman in here. It's a very stereotypical kind of thing. But now that I'm like in the community, like I'm part of the club, I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. So part of me wonders if part of the stigma isn't, and I hope this doesn't sound bad, but it isn't us women kind of doing that to ourselves almost, like feeling like we're an outsider when we're not. Mm. Or it might just be an MCP thing. I don't know. Because when I first got into the gaming world, it was Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah. And that might be its own ballpark. So like I'm not I'm not super sure like if it's an MCP thing or not, but I don't actually feel that women are necessarily looked at differently or like excluded or anything like that. There are other women in MCP. You've got like and but I and honestly I can't even name a ton because like you said it's a male dominated thing, which is fine. But like Lexi, every pretty much everybody knows Lexi and loves Lexi. Mm-hmm. Um and there's somebody's name. I think her name starts with an M over in the UK. Um, I do not remember her name for the life of me. Um, but other than that, like, I can't really think of many, you know, women MCP players. But I don't know if that, like I said, I don't know if that is something that because, and I really don't know if this is making sense outside of my brain, because we're the outside looking in, if it's too terrifying to take that step in. You know what I mean? Because we're yeah. afraid of all the stigma around it that may not actually be there. No, Does I, that make sense? I think you're you're making a ton of sense, actually. And it's one of those things that, you know, I know that with the platform that I have and everything like that, trying to speak to anyone that just happens to have a passing interest in Marvel Crisis Protocol, whether it's men, women, children, all that stuff, even though I know sometimes I can be a little, I try to rein in my vulgarity on the podcast, but you know, that is what it is. You're just animated. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Animated is, I'm going to make sure to tell my wife that that's all I am. It's just animated. <laughs> Heard it here first, but uh, yeah. you know, I think you make a lot of sense. And I know that when I first got into wargaming and and that kind of thing, you know, I was a, a bit of bit of a preppy boy at one time, and those two communities never really mixed, or so you would think. And when I started to get into it, and you realize that people are just people, and by and large, those negative experiences that you hear about, which you hear about negative things, you know, there there are people aren't fun to play with. Those people exist. You know, there are, are negative interactions that you can have in anything, but realizing that that is an exception and not the rule is one of the things that I think for me is, is where I try to steer people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think if, if more women would just kind of like take the leap and, and play the game. Um, like I said, I, when I actually got into the gaming world with Ben, I, I was not a fan of the actual game at first. My first in was the hobby part of it. Um, so I think if people just kind of like 
gave it a shot, then there's nothing to fear because then there's more women in the gaming world. And then where's the stigma? There is no stigma. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And nice if we just get some ladies to just just play the game, just try it out. It's not difficult. It's not like some of these other games where this might be true. Yeah, no joke. Uh, MCP definitely, I feel like, is very accessible as a game. Like, you know, someone out there is probably yelling into their their car or wherever they're listening to this, being like, it's so complicated. Look at all this rules for them. But realistically, when you when you water it down to its lowest form, it is a, a basic stat profile, an attack profile, yep. and a superpower profile. And the minutia is what, this podcast is for, right? It's for, for people like you and me that go to events mm -hmm. that play fairly regularly. That's what the minutia is for. But just learning oh. the game, it's as simple as move, roll dice, move, roll dice, go score points. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously every affiliation is different, but like, like you said, like it is not like you're bringing like 75 plus models for a game and you have to roll like 30 dice every turn. Like it's, it's not that complicated. It is, as simple as you've got a guy, he can do like a couple of things. Obviously there's more to it, but like it's not that big of a deal. Just just give it a try. And if you miss stuff, that's okay. It's Marvel, so you can still make a narrative from it as well. Exactly. Exactly. And that is one of the things I think that this game does nearly better than any other game that I've played in recent memory, anyways, of just the narrative of it all. You know? And it's one of those things that if you're you've got a friend out there, if you're uh, a lady out there, a, a kid out there, uh, an adult with with some family and you're trying to get them interested in the game, you know, setting up a little simple narrative like, you know, oh, Captain America versus Red Skull classic matchup. But maybe your family loves the Black Widow, right? Maybe maybe mm -hmm. that's one of their favorite movies. Well, we've got multiple models that are Black Widow in this, but hey. The rules don't allow you to have both of them on the table at the same time, but it's for fun. You can do whatever you want with your models. And if someone is engaged and being like, well, I want to have Yelena and Natasha. Why not? You know? Yeah. If it's at your home table and there's no like official tournament, do literally whatever you want. If you want to keep rerolling dice until you get what you want because of the narrative you're trying to tell, go for it. Exactly. Nobody cares. That's exactly it. And, you know, it's it's one of those things like when I look around and I I see women and and young people and just all all spectrum of people at these events, it really warms my heart. And it's one of those things that I hope that 2024 sees us continue on down that path with just building this community up and and making it accessible to everyone and and yeah i just this is i just was curious about your perspective on all of that yeah yeah i think it's a good perspective honestly i mean i'd, I'd say it's pretty solid you're pretty high on it <laughs> yeah all right well speaking of things that i'm pretty high on uh let's now pivot and talk about the one and only king t'challa and this is one of those things where I am weirdly excited for this guy. I, I don't know how to explain it because I, I'll tell you, Alyssa, I'm so excited about King T'Challa 
and and I don't have and again I this is y'all know if you've been listening to this for a while I like wizards and I like web people and this is neither of those things but for whatever I'm reason Chala does neither of those will I I know but it, it's it's something I can't explain and I want to talk about like the whole rivals pack thing here in just a second but I'm to the point where I'm going to play Wakanda at Adepticon which is mind-boggling to me. So. All right, and you're going to play this, I assume, because this comes out, what, like the end of February, right? It comes out in February, correct. And it's one of those things where I don't love the rival pack idea personally. I mean, how do you feel about it? Um, I think it's cool, but for somebody who doesn't want to drop, what, $100 on... It's got terrain and models, but like, what if you just want the models, or what if you just want the terrain? You can't, you can't get just the models, or you can't get just the terrain. Like, you have to spend, and like I said, I think it's a hundred dollars. You have to drop all that. Mm-hmm. So I, that I don't love, but the idea of it I do think is great. Just like when they did Spidey and Doc Ock, I, I love it. I'm gonna drop the money for it if I can, but some people can't, which can be like a like a not feel good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm torn. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I'm at with it too, in that I don't love the marketing structure of that. And like the pricing structure, cause it's a hundred dollars for, and especially with warrior falls here, this piece, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. But at the same time, I'm not going to put that on my table. I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. I'm going to buy this pack and I'm going to sell the Warrior Falls part of it. Keep the two two characters in the character cards. Well, and that's what I was talking to some people about is like, if you only want either the models or the terrain, I'm sure there is somebody out there who wants the opposite thing. You just got to kind of like search for it and mm-hmm. then you can split it. It's homework you shouldn't have to do. But unfortunately, like that's the case. It is the case. And with that said, though, this set looks amazing, personally. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that Warrior Falls is an incredible piece, but I'm not the kind of person, I don't have the space at my house to paint up a display piece like that. I am certainly not about to put that on the tabletop because I don't want it to get broken. And it just, it seems out of control. But when I think about King T'Challa and the Killmonger Usurper that's in this pack, I do rather like these characters, and especially with their rules and everything, I think there's some interesting things at play here. But since we're going to talk about King T'Challa first, let's take a look at his model. And Alyssa, how do you feel about this model? Um, so I tried playing um, like OG Wakanda like way back in the day, and it wasn't my thing. Um, this... This Black Panther, not Black Panther, this T'Challa actually is kind of like exciting. And I'm like, ooh, do I do I give them another try? Um, I'm I'm loving that he's a long mover. And I love his spender, uh, just the auto move. Like he feels very mobile mm-hmm. and I love that. Yeah. I really like the the sculpt and the way that this conveys that like kind of um that showdown between the two of these characters and I like this Black Panther sculpt a lot better than the original. Like the original was fine, but it was just kind of vanilla. 
And this one I feel like really conveys a, a better sense of movement. But it's one of those things where I feel like Black Panther as a character is a hard model to do much with in terms of the sculpt because yeah. he's just, he just is what he is, right? He's a, he's a guy in an awesome Panther suit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he doesn't have like a shield or like guns. Like they gave him a spear here, which is great. I do like him splashing out of that water. That is really neat. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And I didn't really paint up my original Black Panther other than just like black and silver. But this is one where I could see myself trying to push a little bit more with like a color in the shadows or something. If you were to paint mm -hmm. this model, would you do something similar? Um, so Ben and I actually, we have, um, a, a second Black Panther model, um, where I threw more gold on it and threw more, um, I did a heavy, uh, purple dry brush underneath before I medium, I, I paint almost exclusively with contrast cause I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> I like medium down, um, the black. So that way more of that purple could shine through. And I don't know if I did the best job. I would love to work on being able to do it better and having that shine through even better on this model because he would look so royal and regal and definitely feel more king-like. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with it. Like, when I think about, like, a comic ver variant here, like, that's one of mm -hmm. the things that, that I want to try to do is have something where he's more like what you see in the comic books and whatnot. And unfortunately, this sculpt doesn't have, like, that little mini cape he has sometimes in the comics. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's, it's, like, kind of, yeah. like, down to his low back or whatever. Yep. Like, I wish there was a little bit of that, but I think what you mentioned about putting a little bit of gold on there and stuff like that, I think is really cool. And since I'm playing this model at Adepticon, I have to paint him. And so you do. I could see myself doing a little gold, maybe instead of purple, maybe doing blue, going through him a little bit, something like that. I don't know, but I'm, I'm excited to try some different stuff. Uh, you know what you could do? Mm. Blue and pink. Somehow, I could, I could if you really even, wanted to, just throw some HPP colors in there. That's right. That's right. And you gotta, you gotta start doing that with all your models. I got it. At least something. Maybe he's. Maybe the water's blue and pink. <laughs> yeah, something. I got to do something. You're right. We got to figure it out. I'll, I'll come back maybe, to that. Maybe, yeah, maybe those leaves do like pink, like uh, poinsettia leaves. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I like that. Cool. Yeah, yeah incorporate it somehow. So. With that being said, now let's take a look at King T'Challa's character card here. So, as usual, we will start with the basic stat line, go over attacks, superpowers, all that stuff, and then give our thoughts on the character as a whole. And first up, we have King T'Challa with an alter ego of T'Challa. And we already have another version of T'Challa in the game, and that is the original Black Panther. So... For the rules, you cannot have both versions of T'Challa in your squad on the tabletop at the same time. However, if you're newer to MCP, that doesn't mean that your opponent can't have a version of T'Challa. Your opponent can have their own version, and then you can have this version. Yep. So, And you can have them both in the same, in your entire 10-man roster. There's no yes. rules against that either. Exactly, exactly. Which... I personally plan to do my uh, Wakanda roster currently does have both versions of T'Challa. We'll see how that evolves over time, but uh, I'm excited to try this out. So for a basic stat line, we have a physical defense of four, an energy defense of four, 
and a Mystic defense of four. He has a stamina value of seven. He is threat five, size two, and he moves long. And it's worth noting that he's on a 35 millimeter base. It looks like it could have been bigger, but I think that it's only a 35. Yeah, he, he's on the small base. Yep. So yep. you already mentioned this long move here, which I think is wonderful. But how do you feel about the rest of this basic stat line? Um, fours across the board. Love it, right? It's you're not really going to get much better than that. Um, I also just love consist like when you can say I'm just fours. So like, it doesn't matter what you're attacking me with. For people like me who I can't remember anything. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to remember anything. Um, seven health on both side feels really good, too. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely failed to mention that he doesn't change at all on his injured mm -mm. side. He stays exactly the same. And so that's 14 total health to get through. And that seven really, I think, adds up quite a bit, which is really nice. Yeah. So, Alyssa, would you like to go over the attacks? I can if you want me to. So the first one we've got, uh, zero cost, the Vibranium Spear. It is range three, and you start with six dice. So the first part is you gain power equal to damage dealt. The second part, which is very much like Magneto's, um, I think it's its builder. If the target character is within two of this character, this character may reroll up to two of its attack dice. If not, so if you're outside of the two, after the attack is resolved, if the target character is size three or less, you push them towards, so basically you pull, towards this character, small or short. Yep, and it's worth noting this is an energy attack. Yes, I did fail to say that. You're correct. Yeah, no, it's all good. And this, as a builder, I mean, this, this feels pretty spicy, right? Plays very well with uh, the leadership, which we'll get to. Definitely. And I think seeing a five threat with a six die builder and at that range three, it really is going to, I think, make his threat range really good. And yeah, as we'll see when we talk about his next attack, I think there's a bit of synergy here. Now, one of the things I want to highlight here is the Vibranium Spear special rule. If the target character is within two, you may reroll up to two dice. If it's not within two, though, you must push the character toward T'Challa. You know, I actually missed that. Yep. I didn't is. even pay attention to the maze in this one. Yeah, well, you know, the maze will get you every time. You know, sometimes you get lost in the maze. Sometimes you find your way out. <laughs> All right, Will. Oh, uh, God. It's, you know, I just, I can't turn it off. I don't know why. Yes. So how do you feel about that? Because I, I will say that that's on theme with other Wakanda characters and especially with the original version of T'Challa. But do you feel like that, that that makes sense for how this character is supposed to work? Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, I mean, you get some sort of benefit, whether like depending on the closeness of you or the closeness of your opponent. So the way I see it is kind of like you're fighting at a, if you're fighting at more of a distance, I guess it's like a, you get over here and we're going to really go at it. Or if not, it's, I, I'm kind of, I don't know if this makes sense. I'm narratively in my head. It's like, I'm really coming at you with a force because I'm farther away. I've got more of a, like an oomph to myself. So that's where like the dice rerolling comes in. Yeah. 
that's that's what I see. Yeah, is the narrative why this works the way it does? No, I I feel that completely, and I, and I really like that kind of as a concept, and it's just you know a more aggressive version of T'Challa, which I think is really cool, and. It's another interesting thing here of when you think about the ranges in this. So like, let's imagine that this is your first time seeing a long move character with a range three attack. And then this attack has that push on it, which is toward T'Challa. So more like a pull. Mm -hmm. Thinking about the range, right? If you're fringe range three, right? Like if you're, if you're as far at range three as possible to be able to attack someone and you get that short advance or short push toward T'Challa, that is going yep. to put you in range two, unless there's terrain in the way. Obviously, there's mitigating factors, but like Absolutely. in a in a straight up normal, you know, no terrain, no other intervening characters, stuff like that, you are going to get to range two, which yep. I think is really cool for not only the potential to double up the builder, but about this spender, Alyssa. Well, I, before we get to that, what I'm loving about that is the potential of really messing up like sacrifices and bodyguards. That's something I've been trying to keep super mindful of as mm -hmm. I play Black Bolt. So the potential of displacing somebody and jacking up their whole day where you go, I just hit you really hard. Oh, and you thought you were going to sacrifice this next one? No, you're not. Yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, that is something I am really bad about forgetting <laughs> is is uh oh look that i've just totally set up a sweet beam or here's a great sacrifice opportunity or look for me i i currently have the crimson dynamo in my wakanda roster so it's like cool let me let me line up this sweet beam here and just you know t'challa is going to set them up crimson dynamo is going to knock them down yep yeah so the spender here, though, I do want to I, I want to talk about that a little bit now, if you go through that one, because I think that there's a lot of synergy between Vibranium Spear and the Panther's Fury. Yes, so much displacement and so much movement. Um, so the Panther's Fury is a physical attack. It is range two, eight dice, which I love. Uh, it does cost four. So it's got a wild throw trigger, which is after the attack is resolved, target character size three or less. Um, this character may throw it medium, and it's a may throw, and it's omnidirectional. It does not mm. say where you're throwing. Um, and then it does have the auto after the attack is resolved. This character may advance medium. Love that so much. Talk about displacement. Oof. Yeah, I mean, the math on eight dice with a wild is, you should hit that almost every time. <laughs> well, and eight dice, if you don't just kill a character anyway. This is true. This is true. And that is, I will say, the one thing about this spender that I'm just like, ah, dang it, is that the throw is after the attack is resolved. But what I think is okay here is the fact that if you're using this into a smaller character, you're still going to feel good about it because you might daze them, right? You might finish them off, KO them, whatever, but you're still going to get that medium advance. So your objective play is huge. And then, yeah, obviously we'll talk about a superpower here in a minute, but the distance that King T'Challa is going to be able to cover when he is able to use the Panther's Fury is going to be so awesome. Including also his superpowers. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm actually getting more excited as we speak. Yes. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I think that this attack is going to be especially useful once you are able to bring people in with Vibranium Spear 
Maybe you used a superpower to get closer. You bring him in with Vibranium Spear, soften him up a little bit, and then boom, Panther's Fury to try to finish him off. And if you're lucky, leave him on one health. They didn't bring Brace. See, I'm just living the dream over here in my head. So literally, I just saw this whole narrative thing in my head. I played um, a game on Gamma with Ben yesterday. And what I can see is that Black Panther, he's on maybe like your back Gamma or your home Gamma. He moves up. He does the Vibranium Spear, pulls you off your back one. Uh, and then, well, I guess he'd have to start on the middle one. Let's say he gets his throw, throws you away and gets the medium advance. And now he's on your home Gamma and... You weren't expecting that? Woof. Yeah. I, I mean, that sounds to me like move, attack, profit. <laughs> or even freaking pounce. Like, oh, love it. Okay. Yes. It's going to be so good. I, and for attack suites, these are the only two attacks he has. So he has a six die builder that may or may not get a little better with a superpower. And then he has an eight die spender that costs four power, which when you hear that four power cost, Alyssa, do you feel like that that's a little high? Uh, no. I agree. I mean, it, it might actually be high, but not for this character and his power generation. Exactly. I completely agree with you. A six die energy attack as a builder to just power equal to damage dealt, I think is going to do a lot of things. And then there's even something else here that I think, I don't think King T'Challa is going to be hurting for power. So nope. let's talk about. Is leadership the strength of the ancestors or, of course, the Wakanda affiliation? Once per turn, when an allied character pushes an enemy character, if that character contacts a terrain feature during the push, it suffers one damage. This is a bit... Yeah. It's a bit of a nuanced leadership, I think. But mm -hmm. one that, I don't know how you feel about it, that I think is going to be sneaky good. There's a, I, f I don't know actually the math on this, but it feels like there are more characters that push than throw. And I don't know if that's my wishful thinking just telling me that right now. Or if it's because I've already been thinking about a oops all pushes list to really <laughs> maximize off of this. But I don't know. It just, it does feel like it's going to be very good, right? So let's say you did the panthers fury first you you do damage you throw them um you do the vibranium spear you get the push off that's another damage potentially so you got two free damage essentially that feels really good yeah exactly and you're right i think that there are a myriad of characters that have pushes out there i mean even some that you might not think about like ancient one has a reactive superpower push called the Winds of Watum. When this character is targeted by an attack, it may use his superpower, push the attacking character towards this character short. So Ancient One gets attacked at, say, range four, is able to now push someone closer to them and give them a bit of chip damage on their own turn. Yeah. You know, Miss Marvel, she's got um, a push on her small side, mm -hmm. and it's a push towards as well, so... Yep. A lot of good characters are, I think you're going to see a lot of diversity with this because of that. I agree. And even some of my favorite characters, the uh, Web Warriors characters, you got the Gwen with her, her ability to webline someone in, push them short towards her, and then, cool, that's just two power for potentially one damage. Yeah. 
which I absolutely Why love. Not? Yeah. Uh, another character that has a reactive version of a push, and I only bring all this stuff up is because it's, I don't think it's necessarily something that you might think about when you're building your roster. And if you're building your roster around King T'Challa, the blob, ha ha ha, that tickles for one power. If this character would suffer damage from an enemy or from an attack, it may use this superpower, reduce the amount of damage suffered by one to a minimum of one. After the attack is resolved, if the attacking character is within range three of the blob, this character may push the attacking character away short. So not only do you not get to double up, but you also get pushed away short and maybe get a point of damage there. I absolutely love it. I don't think I've ever looked at Blob's card, to be honest. Well, there's a little little sliver of it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I like so, that he's got uh, DR with a little something extra. Yeah, exactly. A little something. Oh, there's a reference to Gambit. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did got there. Him. Got and him. This is a leadership that I think there's going to be a lot of diversity in. Obviously, it plays well within Wakanda as a whole because you have characters like Shuri, M'Baku, mm -hmm. obviously King T'Challa. We'll talk more about other other. Killmonger here in just a minute, but I think that this is going to be a a very low key util utility leadership. Does that make sense? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, and dare, and dare dare I say I know we'll get into Killmonger, but dare I say I think that this I want to say Black Panther. It's not T'Challa. I think he'll be used. His new leadership will be used more than uh, usurpers. I do agree. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that here shortly. But how do you feel with this as a leadership compared to the other Wakanda leaderships? Do you see King T being utilized more than his four cost friend? Maybe that's a maybe that's a question for the end of our review here of King T'Challa. But just as a leadership, do you feel like that this leadership has enough utility to make you want to play it over M'Baku or over the original T'Challa? Um, so I will say I'm not super well-versed on M'Baku. Um, he came out last year. We do have it. Ben played it a little bit. Um, I did not. Um, and you're going to make me look up Black Panther. But I do, without even looking up Black Panther's card really quick, um, I do think that this is going to be utilized very well. Um, there's always terrain on the board to get in your way, unless you're playing against Brotherhood. Then that might be more of an issue where you take, like, one of the other leaders, right? Because yes. if, if terrain's going to be disappearing, your leadership kind of, you don't have one. So. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's exactly where my head is with it too. It's like, if you expect to have a ton of throws, a ton of terrain, you know, being manipulated and stuff like that, then maybe it's not going to be the best. But if it's a, a pretty dense board and, and you've, I think this is one where you're going to have to get experience with it to see when to use it versus when not to. And as far as something like M'Baku, I think that King T is going to play really well under M'Baku because of the additionally part of his ability here, not so much the blessed by like the top part where if you roll a crit wild or shield, you're not placed or pushed, but because of, the once per turn when an allied character makes an attack, if there are one or more wild results, it may change one die to a hit. I think with King T rolling so many dice that it could really be pretty spicy under M'Baku. I can so, see that, absolutely. Yeah. 
I'd have to personally, I'd have to like play it out to feel more comfortable with that just because it's not like super my play style, but yeah. I see it getting play. Absolutely. Absolutely. So superpowers now, let's talk about how King T'Challa uh, really pops off. So the first superpower is an active superpower, which means it has to be played on his turn. It's called Bound. It'll cost him three power. Seems like a lot to me. Place this character within range two. The next Vibranium Spear attack, it makes this activation, adds two dice to the attack roll. This superpower may be used only once per turn. So, yeah, at first I said it costs a little, little, little spicy a lot, but three nope. power to place within two and then get two dice on your Vibranium Spear. Yeah. I mean, if I'm doing this correctly in my brain hole, that is basically you can be at range five of somebody, do your placement with bound, and then be in range three vibranium spear them, I think. Far, technically farther than range five because you have like basically not an inch, but a range one base of your own model as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit farther than range five. Yeah. That is so spicy. Yep, and now your your six die builder goes to eight dice. Yeah. And you are more likely to, well, you've got extra dice now to re-roll, and it's just good. Yeah. We like it. It's just really good. And, I mean, eight dice energy, there's a lot of energy weakness out there or just energy neutral characters out there, which, I mean... It sounds really good being able to add two dice and then cool. You get to pull them in and if they're within range two, now you just get to reroll two dice of your six dice or you Panthers fury them to really mess up their day. I love it. So think about like if you're like, maybe you're going to be hitting a Hulk, right? So Hulk is a little bit less in his energy defense. He's a size four though, I believe. Right. So like mm -hmm. you don't want to be outside of, that too because then you don't get the benefit of that second part of the vibranium spear so you pounce into him and now you're going hey your three die defense means nothing when i've got eight dice re-rolling two mm -hmm. that's gonna hurt so bad it really is it really is and you know he can move long so even if you're only getting one eight die attack off with king t i think that that's okay because that one attack's going to hit hard. And I think that that is going to be the difference between like figuring out how King T plays and playing him well versus him kind of not performing necessarily great is all right. Is my one eight die attack enough to do what I need it to do? And then I can move off and be safe or do I need to hit them twice? You know what I mean? And like trying to figure out that balance and that's just going to come with reps and experience. Absolutely. You know, so we have another reactive superpower here. It's called Royal Rebuke. So it's going to cost you two power after an attack targeting this character is resolved. If the attacking character is within range three of this character, this character may use the superpower. This character, lots of this characters, uh, rolls four dice. For each crit and wild in the result, the attacking character suffers one damage. So, put simply, it's Counter-Strike at range three. Yep. 
I my immediate thought was this is basically Terragenesis without the VP. That's I mean, because that's the same wording as Terragenesis, and mm-hmm. it's actually like cheaper too. But free damage without doing an attack is one of the best feelings in the world. It really is. We've seen a lot of stuff like this, like a trap house kind of thing. You know, if you move, you can do some stuff, that kind of like Mysterio. And we've seen Counter-Strike a lot. Like Black Widow has Counter-Strike. I think um, Taskmaster has a version of it. And it's something that we've seen around a lot. And on a character like King T'Challa, who is going to be in the thick of it as a bit of a defense, like the way I look at it is if he was left in a vulnerable position, he did a good bit of damage. This is like that, like, all right, are you sure you want to go into me? Because I could, I could daze you here. Yeah. And I like that. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's going to work really well. His whole kit, just the synergy is really, really good. Yeah. And uh, finally, and the thing that I think really makes this character feel viable here and like accessible is probably the way to look at it is an innate superpower. So it's always online defender of Wakanda. When another allied character is dealt damage by an enemy effect, this character gains one power. So that's similar to Ghost Rider. And I really love this being able to say, okay, cool. My Mbaku's over there. My uh, Okoye is bodyguarding for me. And now she dealt damage. King T'Challa gets, gets a power. I love it. He's going to be juiced up. Like... And so when you were asking earlier, like, do we think four cost is too much for the Panther's Fury? I, no, not at all. He's going to be getting, I'm going to take a wild guess and say anywhere four to five power a turn or like a round maybe from this, a, yeah. a turn or I don't, I don't know. But <laughs> think it's not just enemy attacks, it's enemy effects. Exactly. So throw, throwing stuff. Yeah, I mean, even if someone has a, a, their own version of a Counter-Strike, right? If if you got damaged by someone's Counter-Strike, you mentioned throws. There are, are other little things in this game. Isn't Terragenesis, can't that do damage? Yeah, so that, do, that does the exact same thing as the Royal Rebuke. It's just that if you get dazed or KO'd from it, the Inhuman player gets VP off it. Right. So, so it, it does damage. Yeah. There you go. So anytime that one of your characters is damaged, King T is going to get a power, which I think is really going to give him access to his kit. And I also think it really makes him a target for your opponent. And that's all that is on this character's card. We've, we've read everything out. And the thing that stands out to me, Alyssa, is how offensive King T'Challa is, but also how the lack of defensive abilities that he has. Like, that really stands out to me here. Like, Royal Rebuke is a good ability, but it's no counting blanks. It's no, you know, one of these other things. Like, even the original injured version of Black Panther being able to pay to count blanks or get extra dice or whatever it was on his injured side would have been, I think, something useful here. But I think the idea is that he is just all offense. Then you've got, you know, like Okoye who can bodyguard for him. And oops, you hit her. He still gets a power. Yes, exactly, exactly. And 
I think that that's okay. Like, I think that figuring out how to, to move him about the board and keep him as safe as possible so that he can provide that offensive spark for your team is going to be the key to unlocking him. Yeah, I think he's just going to be like this rabid little, like, thing just hopping around like you know hopping in doing damage hopping out whatever like it's i'm excited to see how people take it and run with it and make it their own because i definitely feel like there's there's a lot for this model to be used several different ways yeah like i've already come up with in my head like oh you could do this or you could do this or you could do this and i'm not very good at list building that's something i struggle with so i know the people that are really good at that are going to go oh he's going to be really good in this scenario or i can't wait for this thing to happen so i'm excited to see that yeah same i think he's going to be quite the objective player like i think he's going to play objective really well with being able to vibranium spear pull people off of points his ability to move like we talked about all of that stuff and i'm excited to start to develop a plan with him once he releases in February. So, yeah. I have a question for you. Answers. So, I know you love your webs. Do you think you might do, like, a dual list for Wakanda webs? So... Because they kind of play... Well, at least, I don't know how Wakanda would play into webs, but webs can kind of... You can sneak some in that list. Yeah, I actually have been toying with that, and it's a part of me of, like, cake and eat it, too. I guess you could say is like mm-hmm. how much of my cake do I want to have and also eat it too. And when I look at King T'Challa and Wakanda and everything like that is you have to start making some tough choices because you've got Okoye, Shuri, M'Baku, both Killmongers, both T'Challas. That's seven models. And so... You need all of them. Right. Do I need all of them? Do I need to have a specific plan for which ones I do and don't take? Like that kind of stuff. And so when it comes to list building... Trying to decipher all of that, I think, is going to be interesting and difficult. Now, my mm-hmm. current plan is to just run Wakanda with three characters as splashes and have all the affiliated characters and then splash in three characters. Now, that could change okay. over time. I do think that Wakanda and Web Warriors play really well together because the, especially like with when, like I mentioned before, with the pushes. You can bring in an ASM to do some midline extract grabs and play in Wakanda and get those those extra re-rolls or be able to roll the more dice or like under M'Baku's leadership, stuff like that. He doesn't really have the pushes aspect of things, but still, I think, pretty good. Um, and then like this version of King T, I think, really would play well under Web Warriors and being able to say, okay, cool, I'm going to play ASM, King T, Miles and Gwen as like a 16 threat base and then you season to taste from there or something, I think could be really fun. Yeah, that's actually not bad because I mean, as far as I know from watching people play webs and I've never played them for myself. So obviously tell me if I'm wrong. You're very like ag- not against it. You d- you don't really like to attack that much. You kind of just move around the board being a little slippery little dude. So mm-hmm. now you've got a guy who says I'm here to fight, yeah. which seems like kind of a solution to not a problem, but the potential for certain the potential for problems in certain matches. Yeah. And I like that flexibility. 
it's really flexible and he also i think plays to their strengths of cool i need i need to do some damage to this character but i also need to go get this point king t'challa can do that and yeah and rotate really well which i think is really nice so yeah i think he's he's definitely a candidate for that roster so we like it what about for you do you see any kind of specific place that he might fit in well um, like I said, I'm not really great at like the roster building kind of thing, just because I have the memory of, I don't know, goldfish. Um, so <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm going to say no. Fair. No, I think he plays in Avengers. Uh, I think he, he's obviously affiliated there too. I, I think yeah. the original OG Steve is really going to make him shine. I don't think he gets much of a benefit from mighty Steve. But OG Steve is uh, his best friend. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I'm just thinking right now, like, would I even play him in in humans? That's that's obviously where my mind goes, and I don't think I would. He's another five threat, and yeah, so he'd be getting power based off my inhumans getting hit. But and then it'd be you know I use my leadership to like shuffle around power, but ten threat into two characters doesn't feel great. Yeah, it sure doesn't when your leader's a five. Yeah, I don't I don't think at least for me, not in humans. That's my answer. Yeah. Okay, fair. No, that's fair. So now let's take a look at Killmonger Usurper. And we're gonna do the same thing we did with Black Panther. Let's talk about this model first. And I think that this is the model that most everyone wanted Killmonger when he was first announced. Is that like from the movie, he's got the mask on all that stuff. But I will say mm -hmm. I love the original Killmonger model because it's looks very much like the comics. I even did like the white pants with the orange knee pads to paint him up. Like, because that's how he yeah. was originally in the, in the comic books. But I love this model. I, I love the one with the mask and everything. I think he looks pretty good. Um, I, I will say the old model. I really just love the Panther that was in it. Yes. Um, I did super, super enjoy that. But this one feels very much more. Um, I don't know how to. So in the in the movies where he's like uh, with Claw searching for that piece, it yeah. feels very villainy and mischievous. It does. It you does. I mean? It's movie accurate, like to say the least. Yeah, exactly. I love it. So uh, I'm probably, when I paint this model, because I'm going to have to paint this model for Adepticon, uh, probably going to do exactly like what you see here. Except I might do the white pants as a throwback to comic version. I like it. See how many people pick up on that, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, let's talk about Killmonger Usurper's card here. So he is Killmonger Usurper with an alter ego of Injadaka which is exactly the same as the previous version of Killmonger. So you have to keep that in mind. He has a top stat line with four physical defense, three energy defense, and four mystic defense. 4-3-4 four, four rears its head again. This is becoming a popular stat line, I think. I think so. Six stamina, four threat, size two, and he moves medium also on a 35 millimeter base. So in that mm -hmm. basic stat line there, I mean, 
I feel like this is becoming a, a very common four threat stat line at this point. And I don't really have much to say about it other than it's solid, six stamina, good. Yeah, I mean, I see it and I go, yeah, it's a stat line. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's nothing about it that wows me. Um, the only thing I guess maybe I was ever so slightly shocked about is having the mystic defense of four instead of like three. The yeah. fact that it feels like a lot of characters have a mystic defense of four feels wrong to me. But yeah. I, like having the same defense as their physical defense just feels weird. I don't know. That's probably a me thing. No, I, 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 I feel that. I think there's always going to be some differentiation and it's where do we differentiate, I guess, is how AMG looks at it. And so when I see this stat line, I'm like, what's the thematic reason that his energy defense is only three? What's the thematic reason that his mystic defense is four? Well, he's a smart guy. You know, he's, but is he like less susceptible to mental attacks or magic attacks? Like that's the thematic thing is, I don't think so. But here he is with a four mystic defense. So there you go. And that's actually uh, one more mystic defense than his old version as well. He was a four, three, three looking at his card. He got smart. Yeah. So, so storyline, what's the reason for him being a little bit more immune to that kind of like mental power? Yeah. Well, maybe he took some of the heart shaped herb. Ah, touche. Yeah. Yeah. So Alyssa, will you go over his attacks, please? Yes, I will. Will. Uh, all right. So first one we've got is his energy attack vibranium weapons. It is range two. Five dice, and it costs you nothing. So after the attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to damage dealt. And it's got a wild pierce on it as well, which is which is pretty dope. Change one of the defending characters, crits, wilds, or hit results to a blank. I think that's a typo. It's uh, supposed to be shield. Um, but this is one of those cards that was spoiled a while back that they haven't updated yet. Got it. And yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, and um, this is actually the exact same builder that the original version of Killmonger has. I'm gonna gotta go look at his card. Is yep. it really? It's exactly the same. Vibranium weapons, same rules, everything. You are correct. That's funny. Yeah, which if you've played any bit of Killmonger previously, it's a good attack. It's it's a perfectly good attack, but it's just. This, on a new character, it's like, well, that's not exciting. But let's see if he gets more exciting as we go along. Yeah. Um, all right. So second attack we've got is a physical attack called Covert Armament. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. I don't know. Um, it is a range four, four die. Also costs you nothing. Uh, it is a gainer. So after the attack is resolved, this character gains one power. And then the second part, if the character, if the target character is within two, it may not modify its defense dice during this attack. Nice. I kind of well, like that. Yeah. What, what makes you find that so interesting? Um, well, being in a humans player who, uh, you know, we do our rerolls. That's kind of like we're face to face. We're doing this. You don't get a second chance. You better roll good. You better defend good right off the bat. That's how that feels to me. Theme, yeah. theme -y. Yeah, it, it really does uh, hit on theme, I think, really well there. And 
I do like the fact that he has this range for gain one power attack. The the extra bit of text there, I think, is like that's like the little bit of a sprinkles on on top of the Sunday for me. Mm-hmm. Because the biggest thing that you want in a character like this, and one of the biggest things that the original Killmonger had a a difficult time doing was being in a position to consistently generate that power. So when you give him that range four gainer, even though it's only four dice, chip damage, get some power so you can access the rest of your kit. Yeah. Which I really like. So what is the next attack we have? Because this guy's got three of them. Yes, he does have three. So can you say that word for me? Uh, Kilalunas. Sure, that. Fury. <laughs> so I was going to say Kaluna, like Kalua. Uh-huh. Um, how are you saying it? Kilaluna. Kilaluna. I mean, exactly how it's spelled, right? Freaking time. Um, all right, so that's a physical attack. It is range three, six dice, and it costs you three. Uh, you add dice to the attack roll equal to this character's current damage. Um, and then the target character cannot modify its defense dice during the attack. So unlike the last one where it was dependent on the range of it, it's straight up, you don't get no mods, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. How do you feel about the dice equal to Killmonger's damage? So um, the first time I actually read this, I thought it said enemy character's damage. And I was like, oh, he's going to murder Hulks straight up. Um, <laughs> yeah, not wow. what this character does. <laughs> ben was like, that's not how this works. And I was like, what are you talking about? It says it right here. He's like, read it again. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's still pretty good. You start with, what did I say? Six. Mm-hmm. And if somebody MCP specialed him, he's got five damage on him. And now he's rolling 11 dice at you. That's going to hurt. 11 yeah. dice where you get no sort of modifications is going to hurt. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you refer to the leaving a character on one stamina as the MCP special. <laughs> it's absolutely. I can't tell you. How, I mean, that's why I think that the new, uh, the new King T'Challa leadership is going to be so great is because how many times do you leave them on one? How many times do you MCP special people? Honestly. Well, and with like, we've already talked about the potential of getting two extra like free damage between the two attacks. It makes all the difference in the world. And so for this one as well, MCP special, just kidding. I'm going to murder you. Yep. If I'm going to be honest, this is actually like the part of his kit that feels the best for him. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It feels definitely the most on theme because like, oh yeah, he's, you know, last gasp for air. You know, he's a soldier. He's going to be trying to to go out in a blaze of glory kind of thing. And that's cool that you think it's like the the most, like it feels the best for you. This is one mm-hmm. of those things for me though, when I read this, and like this is like slight competitive player brain, I'm like, I'm only going to use this in very specific situations. Absolutely. And I think that's I mean, okay. I mean, you might, three power is not the end of the world. Six dice is still really, really good without like, modifying defense dice but the first part of it is really the main incentive to take it right you probably want to be saving your power for his his uh superpowers below otherwise so yeah yeah, it's probably unless your opponent is alive on i mean unless he has you know 
maybe two, maybe three, and I don't even want to dare say three damage left. I, I would say if he's got four damage on him is when I probably start playing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's really fair. And and that's the thing I think it is. It's like this is your like, okay, I just I need an extra die to get my finisher off here kind of thing. And and look, if you even have one damage on Killmonger, turning this into seven, making it right at that sweet spot, mm. Mm. And that's still good. Absolutely. Yeah. So and then again, like you mentioned it here, and I really don't want to gloss over it, is the not being able to modify defense dice. So that applies also to cover cover is a modification so if you're attacking someone and they would have cover being able to say cool you're not going to get to have cover i'm going to roll my six dice at you that feels pretty good as well well and like tactic cards too right like recal that's modifying dice so turning off some tactic cards also feels pretty good yeah yeah exactly so like i love it I love it. I, I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, yeah, okay, it's legit. So now let's talk about superpowers. And Killmonger Usurper comes with a leadership as well. Strength yeah. of the new generation. Like D Generation X is what I think about when I see this. But <laughs> for all <laughs> you wrestling kind of. fans out there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that one's, that's, that's going to happen. So it's for obviously Wakanda. During the power phase, choose up to three allied characters. Give each chosen character an herb token, not a herb token, but an herb token. While a character with an herb token is attacking, it may spend its token to add one die to its attack roll. At the end of the round, when removing activated tokens from characters, remove all herb tokens from characters character that has an herb token removed in this way suffers one damage and gains one power now Alyssa, this is a bit of a complicated leadership but i think we can break mm -hmm. it down a little more how would you break this down to like make it digestible uh way to prompt me earlier on this will I haven't thought about this um so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a plant hammer that's what we're going with right now it's a plant hammer that you have to get rid of yeah i like it I don't know a plammer would that be a plammer it's a plammer <laughs> and if you didn't get rid of your plammer sorry it hurt you but yeah. at least you get power for it yeah i like it yeah so plant hammer plammer and uh yeah i like that a lot so one of the things to keep in mind about this leadership is you have to give out three. It says up to three. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so, it says up to three. Yeah. So you could just give out one. Mm -hmm. And does this now let me ask. So here I am thinking you have to give these out. But now I'm thinking it says choose up to three. It doesn't say at least one. So maybe you turn one. You don't even have to give this out. I didn't even think about that. I definitely saw the up to three, but didn't even think about not doing that at all. And not using your leadership kind of never feels great, but yeah, maybe you don't do that. Or there's a turn where like a bunch of people 
you know you're going to get clapbacked really good and you don't want to potentially not use it and then oh mcp special you were left on one and didn't use that and now you've just hurt yourself Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel great it really doesn't so yeah okay so at first i thought oh yeah you've got to give this out you're required to but no i'm gonna rock that back and look this is one of those things that we'll probably have to get some rules form clarification on but as i read this i'm reading it here digesting it you don't have to give these out and you're not wrong in that not using your leadership feels bad. However, where I think this is going to shine is in that flexibility to say, okay, Hulk or other big character, I'm going to go ahead and give you one. You're going to take that damage. You're going to get that extra power and then you'll be juiced up even further for the next round. Or maybe you're playing Ghost Rider in your Wakanda and you want to blow up a Koye to now become Ghost Rider again, and she's the spirit of Wakanda vengeance. You know what I mean? And and maybe that's a thing you can do to make it happen. It, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a strategy that you want to employ, but it's a thing that you could do. Yeah. And I think also, as you get into the fight, I mean, most games of MCP at some point descend into a brawl. So being able to say, okay, cool, I know we're about to fight this round, so I'm going to I'm going to to add some extra dice here. I see that. I I do actually wish that um you could spend the herb. Uh I do wish <laughs> that you could spend the herb on defense as well though. I know, right? That would I think make it just chef's kiss. I think that would give him a little bit more uh play as a leader. Yeah, and and that's just it. Now we we have four leaders for Wakanda. This this makes four. And I think that this leadership is interesting. And I think there's an argument for it being low-key better than King T's leadership. But to me, King T's leadership is more interesting. So my actually, my jaw just kind of hit the floor when you said that. I don't think that this leadership is better than King T's at all. I definitely think it's different and has times when you would play it. I just see it as being less useful, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah, it just seems less useful. And and I can see that. And the reason why I say I, I don't think it is person I, I like King T's leadership is is more interesting to me in general. Where I say I think that this might be quote unquote better is the simple thing of being able to have that flexibility, being able to add dice if you stack your team appropriately. Like, right, like Shuri gets no benefit out of this, right? But King T being able to say, all right, cool. I now have a seven die vibranium spear coming at you at least once a round. And then I can bound and turn that into an eight die attack in the same round potentially i mean and god forbid you're playing on hammers <laughs> just uh, uh, sorry i got a little uh, sorry just uh, yeah that sounds is that because we don't like hammers or just the thought of it is like that excessive the second one it's definitely the second yeah. one Oh yeah, no, we love the hammers, but like, what? <laughs> like hammers. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I didn't make anybody sick just now. But <laughs> I 
just but, half of your audience is just like now like trying to like keep it down. Exactly, exactly. But no, I mean, I, that sounds exciting and fun. And it's, it's again, it's one of those things where I think here's, here's the, the, the dream scenario. Alyssa, I'm gonna lay this out for you. The dream scenario. Right, do it. You have King T, M'Baku, and Usurper all on the table at the same time, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibilities. You have all three of those characters on the table at the same time, which would equal, what is that? Nine, 13 threat. 13? So, yeah, very, 13. Very reasonable. I, you see how fast I did that math? Like, that is not normally what I do. But here we are. <laughs> so, you do that, and then you don't have to choose your leadership until after deployment. That's true. And you could choose you not wrong. one of the three. And I'm not generally a big advocate of a card like Versatile Strategy. I was just thinking about that. But like, Ooh. this is the perfect setup, I think, for a versatile strategy type team. Like, the, the biggest hindrance to versatile strategy is the fact that you have to have your active leader play it, right? So you could mm -hmm. start with King T'Challa's leadership, let's just say. And then once the brawl really starts going, you can be like, okay, cool, I'm going to switch to M'Baku or Usurper or whatever. I'm hmm. I'm I'm low key intrigued. So I remember there was a whole bunch of talk around um, Hydra with the versatile strategy card, and yes. now this kind of excites me. Yeah. About doing it with Wakanda. I so, like that. So here's the thing that makes Hydra is the squad to play it with because you can yeah. use Zemo's leadership which gives you an extra tactics card, basically. Right. So it, it makes it less impactful on your hand of tactics cards. But you think, okay, cool. You're going to play Spirit of Wakanda. You're going to play Wakanda Forever. You probably are going to play Jabari Chieftain if you have M'Baku in there. And then, you know, you have two other cards you can play with at that point. Does one of them become Versal Strategy and maybe the other one is Patch Up or Brace? or whatever other combination of cards, I think that Versal Strategy as a 10th card makes a ton of sense. Yeah, you definitely, I don't think, bring it every round, right? Or every game, but I think it definitely has a lot of merit to being at least in, the, in your roster. Yeah, and the final thing that I want to talk about with this leadership is the timing of when... You remove the herb token, the plammer, mm -hmm. when you remove the plammer. And it the says, plammer. yeah, at the end of the round, when removing activated tokens from characters, remove all herb tokens from characters. All right. Now, per the rules, the cleanup phase happens at the end of a round. Characters mm -hmm. with a day's token is step four. They remove all damage tokens, special conditions, flip their card. All right. Removing activated yep. tokens is step six. So keep that in mind with this leadership. If you are dazed, if you had your token and you get dazed, so therefore you weren't able to spend it, and then right. you flip over, you're going to start. Yeah, you'll have one extra power, but you're going to start with one damage too. Yeah. So. Yeah, that kind of sucks, but I mean, you had, it feels like, 
you had a planner and oh, you woke up with it on your face. I don't know what to tell you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's that's pretty yep. much it. But I think that that's yep. one of those like little nuanced things that could really mess people up with this leadership. Yeah, I think the the people that are going to want to play this are going to have to keep that in their back pocket to remind people. Yep, definitely. Yeah. So superpowers. We now have. Yeah an active superpower that we have actually seen before. Pounce. It's going to cost you two power. This character is thrown short. It does not suffer damage if it collides with another character or terrain feature. This superpower can be used only once per turn. Now, this is on original Black Panther. And, yep. I mean, it's three damage incoming, which is always really good. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of love it. It feels kind of like an auto-include as well you know either he was going to get it or king t was going to get it mm -hmm. yeah and i think king t with the bound is just so good uh yeah so i like this it's great and i think that this allows you to close that distance really well which is very nice i think finally the last active superpower on this character's card and uh, it is worth noting nothing changes on his injured side is a reactive yep superpower called untamed force we've seen this kind of thing before on Sabretooth, as an example it's going to cost you two power after an attack targeting this character is resolved it may use this superpower if the attacker is within range two this character may make a vibranium weapons attack targeting the attacker this superpower can be used only once per turn Alyssa how do you yep. feel about this superpower? Because I kind of feel two ways about it, but I want to get your take first. I don't love it. I mean, it, it's okay. It, it's good. I should say it's good simply because his vibranium weapons attack is five dice and that pierce is really good, but it just doesn't feel doesn't feel like it's part of his kit. That's exactly it. That it, you nailed it right there, I think. We didn't practice this. We, we didn't practice at all, which is what makes no, this so No, we didn't so practice cool. this. <laughs> like, that it really doesn't feel like it belongs on his kit. Because... You know, what it, you know what it feels like? What? It feels like they had all this other stuff and they were like, oh, we... I feel like we need one more thing. And they were just like, eh, throw in like a counterpunch. Yeah. Or a counterattack. That's yeah. what it feels like. No, I, I think that's really it. it. It feels like one of those things of like, he has no defensive ability, so let's give him a defensive ability, but let's make it something, mm -hmm. something not normal. Right? Here's yeah. my problem with this as it's written. And this, is, this is specifically as it's written. Okay. It says, if it's not within range to make a vibranium weapons attack, right? So... He's got his pounce to get in there. He's 434 with six stamina. He's not going to stand up to being range two against a lot of different characters. Like, he should be okay, but like, this here is like a deterrent to don't attack him at range two. Just don't do it because you're going to catch five dice to the face. Yeah. And other than that, though, it's like, cool. Um, get wrecked from anywhere outside of range two. I like, mean, it's it's easily playable. It, it's easily play aroundable. Yes, play play aroundable. Play aroundable. That's definitely a word. It's totally a word, and, and that's my thing with it. It's like 
I think what would have made this like just like really fit and really work is if you had that one little extra innate superpower of stealth, right? Because if, if Killmonger had stealth here, if Usurper had stealth, then the window for you to, to maximize your efficiency of attacks is a lot smaller and it makes untamed force a lot more interesting. I was going to say, are you saying stealth instead of untamed, but you're saying stealth with untamed? Yes. That means you'd have to, your opponent would have to place very well to be within the three, but outside of the two. Exactly. And that can be very tricky to do when you're in game. Exactly. And you're kind of like, you're going, you're at LVO, like you're running on clock. It could be very tricky to do and people could definitely be caught off guard. Yeah. And so unfortunately we don't have that, but I do think that this is one of those things where it's like, it's not a bad superpower, but in the other instances where we've seen this, which I think there's only one in Sabretooth and can't remember anybody else. Um, Daredevil also has a clap back, but his works a little different, but Sabretooth has aggressive. So if you attack Sabretooth, he's able to move close to you to get within that range to, to then slice you back. Right. Then right. you've got the Venom version, which is range three. And he's able to clap you back, right? And he could heal on yep. his, which is even better. And then you've got, um, what's the other one? Uh, it does, kind of. Daredevil. His has a movement attached to it, and then he can hit you. And and uh, Ronan does too, even though yeah. his is a, cost you a little bit more for all of that. But yeah. Yeah. So, so there's instances of clapbacks, but they're typically paired with some kind of mobility or range addition. Yeah. So while I like this superpower in a vacuum, I think that per the rest of this character's kit and what I think this character is going to be doing is when I read Killmonger here, I see a, a wing attacking harasser. Okay. That was definitely a choice of words. I, what I did you say? A wing attacking harasser? Yeah, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. like like you're not going to throw him in the middle on a gamma, right? But as like if you're playing something that's more spread out or something that is a little bit wider of a of a scenario, you can say, okay, cool. I'm going to have Killmonger go over and and try to control a side. Okay, that definitely makes more sense. I was like, what are you talking about? That makes a lot more sense when you explain it. My brain doesn't work. Oh, that's cool. I, I also say words and put them together and just, like I said, this is throw stuff at the wall and see what fits. Sticks? I like sticks. It. sticks. We're real good at this. So good. Uh, Professionals. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm a, come on, total professional here. I, I talk to airplanes okay. for a living, so talking and using words, I'm really good at it, obviously. Why do I know what you do? Because that makes sense. If somebody doesn't know what you do... <laughs> That might be very confusing. It probably is. And and you know what? We're just going to leave it out there in the ether. You know what I mean? And let them guess. Yeah. Is Will crazy? Who knows? I mean, that answer is a resounding yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But anyways, in total, total package Killmonger Usurper. I, yes. I, I have to say, I'm going to give a hot take here. I don't think it's that hot, but it's a hot take nevertheless. It's probably the same as my hot take. The original is better. Yeah. The, ori the original is better. His kill count tokens solidify that the original is better. Not only, not only the kill count tokens. I want, I want to also bring up 
uh, something else that I think is very, very important to how Killmonger as a whole works. Mm-hmm. And that is usurp the throne. Yes, I did forget about that. Yeah. So original Killmonger has access to usurp the throne because it's written. It says Killmonger may spend three power, not in not Killmonger usurper. Yes. So because of that, I like, I like usurper in just kind of a gen, a general sense, but he is a fairly forgettable is not the right word, but it's the only word that is on the tip of my brain right now. And I feel bad about that. <laughs> yeah. He's usurper is definitely not forgettable. He'll definitely see a lot of play in the beginning as people try to figure out, you know, where he fits best and everything. But I think he will easily slide into being the last option as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's he's the last pick when you're, you know, you're picking your teams and everything. And you got that one person you're like, I saved them for last because nobody wants them. That's him as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that's honestly maybe where he falls just in your Wakanda roster building is kind of like the last character you add in. Maybe he's the first character you remove to get that web warrior splash or something, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where, like you mentioned, the kill count tokens, the ability to charge, like being able to get that extra movement off a charge pounce is great. Pounce is great, but a short movement is not a, medium movement followed by an attack, being able to add the dice for usurp the throne, being able to kill those smaller models, the, the three threats, the two threats, that kind of stuff and build up those kill count tokens. So then when you do go into the big model, you've got that extra bit of attacking. It's, it's interesting. You know what I mean? Like I just, I want to love Killmonger usurper, but I also don't see myself playing him often once I've kind of sorted out, like I'm going to play him a lot to get used to him and see mm-hmm. what his patterns might be and see if I can maybe discover something. But off the rip, I'm just kind of like, eh. You know what part of it might be too, is the fact that we were given him with King T'Challa, mm. who is so good. Yeah. I, if we were given the two of them like completely separate at different times, I wonder if we would feel better about Killmonger, Usurper. Yeah, I mean, we just might. We just might. But maybe maybe there's something there that I'm not seeing, and and I hope to at some point be wrong on him because I want to like him. I like that model a lot, so there's that. <laughs> but, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how how that development goes and obviously i will be documenting that on the podcast so yeah yeah like it and with i'll that, definitely be taking a dip into uh king t's leadership yeah i i'm i'm excited for that one and and it's one where i think that with reps and understanding how it functions and being able to do that chip damage like that kind of stuff's going to add up i think Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like foes, but different. Like, like yeah, but different. <laughs> different. Alyssa, thank you so much for being with me today. This has been a heck of a lot of fun, and I'm glad we were able to do it. And I'd certainly love 
to have you back on the podcast at some point in the not too far off future. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Is it, is it because I have a very special model that's pinned up after me? I mean, that might have something to do with it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah if you're in the house party it. protocol discord, make sure to check out the, the model that Alyssa painted in the HPP colors, which it's so funny, Alyssa, I didn't like come up with the HPP colors. It just kind of happened. But it's like, did Josh, did Josh come up with them? Because it's got pink in there. I mean, I think it's been a combination of of many minds coming together to form what is the HPP colors, and uh, that would be a very bright blue with a very bright pink. It, I mean, it looks it looks great. To be fair, the the two colors they kind of like contrast well, so it it definitely draws your attention. It definitely does. And uh, for those of you going to Adepticon or any events, really, you'll see those colors in jerseys out there. So be ready for that. Did you get you one, Alyssa? I have not. Ah, well, we'll have to do another order maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Like I said, I'm making my way through all the different groups. I have my Gamers Guild jersey. Um, the Pork Roll guys, I have a jersey from them that is in Will's hand currently, and I'll have it at LVO. Like, I need to go around collecting jerseys is what I'm hearing. Yeah. It's just, I'm popular. Everybody loves me. Yep, that's what it is. And what you have to do is, obviously, once you have them all, you've got to, like, cut them apart and then sew them all together. Will. What? No. <laughs> My OCD could never. You couldn't handle it? No, I could not handle that. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I'm just envisioning, like, five different jerseys. Like, you've got a sleeve from one, like, a strip of another one, and then, like, five different strips and then another sleeve. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll just like get everybody's logo and then put it on like I'll just make my own T-shirt and like put everybody's logo on there once I did go through and like collect all the actual jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense than my idea. Yeah. Instead of ripping up expensive jerseys. Yes. You kidding? Look, if there's a if there's an easy way and a hard way, I'm going to choose the hard way every time. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So. Alyssa, where can people find you? Um, well, I'm not giving out my home address. No, I'm kidding. Um, so you can find me on the Gamers Guild podcast occasionally. Uh, you can find me at some point back on the HPP podcast. Um, you can find me chilling out in pretty much every Discord, the AMG Discord. I'm a mod. Um, the Marvel uh, or the Married Couple Protocol uh, YouTube page, which is uh, Ben and I getting very few things in, uh, like I said at the very beginning. Um, and you can also catch me over at Professional Casual Network sometimes. Um, I do like to help out at cons when I am not winning my games, and I say, all right, I'm helping the guys out. So <laughs> I'm, like I've said, I'm actually pretty much everywhere somehow. So. No, I yeah, like it, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been cool getting to know you a little bit and uh, in the House Party Protocol Discord, meeting you at NashCon like we talked about earlier and everything. It's been really cool. And I really, again, appreciate you being here and uh, coming with some fun, hot takes. It's really great. And um, Suits, for those of you interested, if you want to support the podcast, you can just follow us on Facebook. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. That's a really great way to just let us know that uh, you like what we're doing here. And then also, if you uh, want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month. 
for 12 bucks a year, you can get access to the best community on the interwebs. Uh, you know, I say that I love it for obvious reasons. I don't know how you feel, Alyssa, but you've been around there for a little while. How do you feel about the HPP Discord? Listen, I love it. And uh, the best in humans player is actually in in that in that group. Uh, yes, the, the one Brian Frederick. And uh, I was going to say, it's not me. I will actually fully bow down to Brian Freddy on that right now. He's doing a lot better than I am. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, look you're doing pretty good. And I, I, I feel also like that was a little bit of me throwing shade at you. And I didn't mean for it to be that way. Because no, totally. Brian Freddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally Brian Freddy here. But no, he's he's awesome. Everyone over there is just wonderful. We have a really fun time. We play a lot of video games together. We have a lot of different discussions. There are some really interesting AI art that's been created <laughs> over there. Uh, it's, it's Although just a, I think AI is broken right now, so yeah. it's, not, it's not doing anything. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It is. And look, it's a dollar a month, and I understand if you don't want to pay some random person on the internet, it's a fun time. And that's, that's all it is. I just want to let y'all know that. And um, again, I have goals for 2024 that I want to achieve. I want to be consistent. I want to be, I want to be more prepared. Like one of the things that I pride myself on with the show is it's organic nature. I, I really feel like that how organic we keep things is a good thing, but I do also think I can have a little bit more structure and be a little bit more um, professional. Is that the right word? I don't know, but that kind of stuff. And so that's something I'm going to try to work on throughout 2024 let me know what you guys want to see in 2024 from me and from this podcast and also if there's video games that you think you might be interested in me streaming if there's other content around mcp that you think would be valuable to you let me know that send me messages over on facebook send me emails housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com messages on the discord i'm at hpp underscore will in pretty much every known mcp discord out there that i know of anyways so feel free to dm me that's that's perfectly fine i don't mind that at all and uh yeah i think that's all the stuff we're gonna have a giveaway coming soon i'm gonna be running an hpp league soon again because look Ooh. i gotta get some practice in before adepticon and one of the ways to do that is with the hpp league so yep so that's gonna happen and uh i'll make sure to let all of y'all know about that soon that will be coming up all very 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 soon so be ready for that and uh yeah i, I think i've covered everything i need to cover with that party on Alyssa. party on well and power down suits <laughs>